0: Welcome to the Buyer Enablement Podcast, episode two. We're going to call this one, You Are Your Own Differentiator. Is that right? Is that the title? You're your own secret weapon. We had Ethan Butte on the podcast,
1: chief evangelist of BombBomb, a video messaging company, asynchronous uh, to be super technical about it, video uh, messaging company. Uh, We love them. And Ethan was on the show. He's also the author of Rehumanize Your Business, a great book that we definitely recommend.
0: So this orange thing over here that you just can't miss in the video. I've been on his podcast. He has a great podcast about the customer experience that I would highly recommend everybody check out. Um, He's the chief evangelist of BombBomb. So he's out there every single day talking about the value of really humanizing your sales process, using video to do just that. And we're not talking about Zoom here, right, Jared? We're, right. We're not talking about having a conversation over video. That's
1: synchronous video. We're talking, we're about,
0: talking about asynchronous Asynchronous. Video. So, yeah, I mean, new words are going to be discovered in this episode. <laughs> if you didn't know what synchronous and asynchronous videos were, that's all. We're going to go into all of that in this episode. So, uh, everybody, I hope you get a lot of value out of this second episode of the Buyer Enablement Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down with me for a little bit here, Ethan, on the Buyer Enablement Podcast. It's an honor
2: to have you on. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm I'm really glad to be here. We've connected before. I know it's going to be a fun conversation, and I hope it's useful for people to check it out. But I know I'm going to have fun, so <laughs> that that box is checked.
0: That's all that matters, right? As long as we're having fun, that's all that matters, right? But it, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> No, so I was a guest uh, on your podcast as well. That's kind of how we originally met. We were going back and forth on LinkedIn prior to that. That's that's originally how we met. So we've never actually met in person in real life. We need to we need to change that as as soon as humanly possible. Maybe in five years, looking at how this whole COVID thing's breaking Correct. out. Correct. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, just we'll don't see.
2: seem to have the patience to get it all together. <laughs>
0: But the buyer enablement podcast, this is this is my new passion right now. I can't wait to just record as many of these episodes as I can with as many thought leaders uh, in in the industry on this subject. uh, And we you're our second guest, Ethan. I mean, that's that's how highly I think of you when it comes to someone that's knowledgeable about making a better buying experience, about really considering how your buyer feels throughout their entire buyer's journey. Um, Our first guest was Todd Hockenberry, and I know he's a mutual friend of ours. So, you know, you're in very good company so far. Um, But let's just get right into exactly, uh, I mean, obviously the point of this one, a lot of this conversation is going to focus around video obviously um, you work at bomb bomb uh, what what is your exact role at bomb bomb
2: uh, title is chief evangelist yeah. uh, that could be an episode in and of itself uh, <laughs> essentially I've been I, I've uh, in stepped out of kind of the day-to-day guts of the operation although I'm still in some of the stand-ups uh, in marketing and in senior leadership um, to do a lot more of this you know I think when we think about um, the buyer's journey and, uh, and enabling buyers to make good decisions that are going to be a benefit to them personally and to their organizations and to whatever problem they're trying to solve or opportunity they're trying to capitalize on. In a lot of cases, people aren't aware that the opportunity exists or that, or that the problem has a solution. And so uh, whenever you talk to anyone with a title like Chief Evangelist, it's probably going to be in a tech uh, context. For example, Microsoft has more than a dozen of them. Amazon has several of them, etc. And, and so what I'm trying to do is just let people know that, hey, uh, sending more blocks of faceless digital communication might not be the best way forward for you or the people you're trying to connect with. Yeah. And I get to do that in a variety of ways, like hanging out with you and saying, uh, yep, that was a productive uh, morning.
0: Yeah, I, it's great. You, you have the role that I hope I can one day have. I think I, you've
2: given yourself that role, actually.
0: <laughs> my my dream my uh, for the future of my company, honestly, is that I bring on someone else to be the CEO um, and that I get to be the chief evangelist because that is, that's what I love doing. I love the product that we've built, number one, but I love even more than that, just evangelizing this whole idea of buyer enablement. And You know, you were kind of alluding to it, Um, people have been talking about sales enablement for so long. This buyer enablement thing, not so many people are talking about it. Um, They are, however, starting to realize that this is a huge problem in their organization. You can enable all of your internal team members as much as you possibly want. But if you're not thinking about how you're enabling your customers to make a decision and move forward, then you're missing a very important part of the entire equation. And so I don't know if COVID brought this on this discussion. I I would say it didn't. I mean, I would say that people were having the discussion about better enabling their buyers pre-COVID. But what I would say about what's happening right now with this whole COVID thing happening is that it has really escalated the need to solve for making a better buying experience, specifically in a digital space, Um, because so many of us, and not me and you, because our products are digital, and we're working with a worldwide audience, and we sell over Skype all day long, essentially, but... Many other businesses did rely on that face-to-face. That was a really critical component in their buyer's journey and that does not exist right now. Um, we're seeing a lot of companies changing. I mean, specifically to video, because obviously this is, this is what you do every single day. This is a really exciting time for video. I don't want to steal your thunder on this. I want to hear, hear you comment on this, like
2: how exciting of a time is this
0: for video, to be in video.
2: Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's, it's so funny. It, probably a few months back when we were like, it was the whole pandemic thing was just setting in. And, you know, someone like me had no idea. Like, I remember when I bought order my first six pack of masks. I was like, six? I mean, it's just my wife and son and me. Like, I don't think we need six, but that's where the deal break is. I guess I'll get them, and now, you know, here we are months later. It's like I would have never guessed, but it was interesting. So as this thing was kind of ramping up, and no one knew kind of what the shape of it was going to be, um, we had a spike in interest, like immediately, whether it was – deals that we already had in the pipeline uh, that were kind of stalled, um, you know, larger organizations in particular, you're obviously slower to move, they have more decision makers, they scrutinize things differently than people that are like, yeah, let's do this. So a bunch of those deals like immediately started flowing. Our our inbound lead flow was just through the roof. I think we did 2x our our uh, new revenue budget in April, something like that. And um it was interesting to me because I was, I was very reflective on it. It was, you know, the problem that we solve for people at BombBomb and the problem that video solves for people in general is the same problem that we were solving for them five months ago and five years ago, right, prior prior to the onset of any of this. And this is you are better face-to-face and whether you're just working a territory, like I'm in Colorado Springs, whether your territory is a sales rep, let's say, or as an account manager is the Pikes Peak region or the front range of Colorado, even then, and even if you only have a dozen customers or a dozen prospects or a dozen accounts, you don't have the time to get in the car and get face-to-face with all these people all day, every day. So this is you face-to-face at scale. Now, you mentioned Skype or Zoom or whatever, and all these other companies that, that are probably are seeing the same kind of influx. And we know we have with Zoom, for example. Um, that's synchronous video, and that's, that, that replaces for people who were in person. So we hear telehealth, right, telemedicine, et cetera, that through the roof. And essentially it's a Skype call, but probably through some proprietary medical platform that costs triple the price or something. I'm just guessing there, I don't know. I don't know that market. But you know, so, so that's live synchronous video and then, and then what we do is recorded video messages and I know you're very familiar with that process as well and that's creating these little in-person moments for people uh, at scale. So I think a healthy habit for anyone listening to this podcast because you're obviously interested in learning and growth if you're listening or watching to a show like this one. Um, is to start your morning with two thank you videos or congratulations or good job videos. it take you less than five minutes and you create this little moment that can truly turn someone's day around or enhance a relationship or let someone really feel seen and appreciated. And oh, by the way, your act of doing that doesn't just make them feel awesome and you don't just get the reward of them giving you that positive feedback. You actually feel better in and of yourself. And so uh, there's just a number of ways to use this. And it's interesting because we have you know, tens of thousands of customers, and several of them, have, many of them, thousands of them have been with us for five, six, seven, eight years. And so they already knew this power. So the interesting thing about the pandemic is that all of a sudden, when we can't get face-to-face, we're either prohibited or they're not comfortable doing it or whatever the case may be, um, finally, the market turns. This pain that we were solving for lots of people before um, is much more acutely felt by everyone. And so now more people mm-hmm. are, are opening up to it. I think some of the barriers, and we can get into this, I'll give it back to you here, but Um, I think a lot of the barriers to entry in simple, casual, conversational videos um, are much, much lowered because of the incidence of things like Google Meet and Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Skype and everyone, you know, dogs and kids and ringing doorbells and all these other things that have now made the good enough threshold for video a a lot more approachable for a lot more people. So there's a lot going on here. I am excited that more people are taking it up. My, My hope and expectation and one of my personal goals is to make sure that people, even as this subsides to some degree, and we do have vaccines and people are actually hanging out in a healthy fashion again and taking in-person appointments, that, that we can still recognize the benefits that video provides to do more of this activity at scale.
0: I think we've all learned an incredibly val- valuable lesson with videos and with other digital technologies in our sales efforts as well. I think that a lot of of sales professionals are learning how to still remain high-performing sales professionals right now, or customer success professionals, or onboarding and training specialists, utilizing digital tools that have been there all along. They just weren't ready to move forward with them. There wasn't there wasn't a reason they had to learn these things. and And I think too many people, um, too many people, uh, struggle with dedicating time to learning tools that they don't have a really burning need for. Too many people bring on new learnings into their life after it's already been a little bit too late, right? After they've already lost a handful of deals, they've already lost a handful of opportunities. Um, They have other vendors that are blowing them out of the water. And those vendors, they were the ones that were the early adopters, right? And you you talk about how long the company's been around and how many customers you had. And you know I'm experiencing this exact same thing with my product. I haven't been around as long as BombBomb, but I have. I had customers pre-COVID that came back to me post-COVID and said, "How did you know this was going to be so effective?" Right. I saw a post recently. Someone put up um, from Drift that was talking about we got to stop calling these companies lucky that were innovating before there was this much of a need because they saw a need. There was a need, clearly there was a need for all of these different technologies. Um, it just exploded, it amplified. It, it advanced maybe five, 10 years into the future. Like overnight, we needed these things. Those companies weren't lucky. They were innovating for a reason. They saw a need in the market. They saw a way to do something better. And in our case, it was you know creating a better way to interact with your customers and prospects, be more human and personal in your experience. Speaking of which, rehumanize your business. There it is. There's the book, right? So, I mean, you're an author as well, just like our our first uh, our first guest as well. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the the deep learnings that you got when you were putting that book together?
2: Sure, absolutely, and thanks for that. Um, it was fun. It was challenging. And I love Todd's book, by the way. Of course, he co-wrote it with a, a mutual friend of ours as well, Dan Tyre, at HubSpot. And that one, I, I just love that book. It it really brought together a lot of the spirit behind. Um, my podcast and what I'm trying to do there. And it was just super fun. And I've had both of those guys on my show too. So, um, and I think that was a, I think their book was published by Wiley as well. So for me, I knew, and I just want to, t- I'll, I'll, I'll launch this by touching on something you offered there that what we're doing at BombBomb today is cons- completely consistent with the original founder's vision, which was he was selling outdoor advertising or billboards He knew that when people were signing contracts with him, they weren't just buying square footage along that interstate. That they were buying him. They were buying his strategy. They were buying the way he made them feel about their business. They were buying the trust and confidence. He knew that all that was happening, but in his territory was the Pikes Peak region is maybe his farthest customer by car was 90 minutes away max maximum and so but even then as you grow your prospect list and your customer list this idea of reaching out for contract renewals project updates thank yous congratulations meeting reminders or follow ups happy birthdays he was just like what if I could just scale myself and and send who I am in a true personal way to everybody? And so that's how this thing got going. And so, you know, we found some traction early on company was legally founded in 06, went to market with it about 2010, 2011. Um, and, you know, we've had growth, but we're bootstrapped. And so I am I was I've, I've been along for almost the whole journey. I will have been here nine years full time in September, which is just nuts. I, that's that's twice as long as I've been anywhere else in my career by far and three times longer than average. And it's because the opportunity is just so compelling. I love the stories I get back from people who adopt, and I know you do too, uh, for, for what you're equipping and enabling people with. And so for me, it got to a point, like I believe that almost anyone working in a professional capacity needs to think about every time they click send. When you click send, you are either doing the right thing and just typing up a line of text or a couple lines of text, and that's cool. But might it be better might it be more appropriate might it create a bigger impact or a better response or a closer connection or a more clear piece of communication to reduce the back and forth if you just went to your webcam or your smartphone and casually spoke to someone instead that's the opportunity we represent and that i've been working on with our customers and our community for years and i thought okay cool it's still the vast vast minority of people as big as we are we have a lot more competitors in the space than we did years ago and so i thought How can we get this to a more broad audience, to a more mainstream audience? And certainly one of the things that was on my list of imagination was a book published by a mainstream nonfiction business book publisher like Wiley. I've read a bunch of books on Wiley, um, and I respect the imprint. And so uh, I just started writing the book, kind of essentially the what, why, who, when, and how of we call this relationships through video, um, just to kind of draw a line against you know this isn't for your YouTube channel or your homepage. Um, it's not really for marketing per se. It's not for um, anonymous mass audiences that you hope to grow. Really, it's for Steve or my CS team or for the th- the three point people on this account type of situation. It's much more targeted and personal. So we call it relationships through video, and so. I just started writing it between five and six in the morning, and the better part of a Saturday or a Sunday. Like most days of the week, I was kind of chipping away at it and got to about 10,000 words. I had a healthy outline. My wife was very supportive of it. My son, who was, I think, 15 at the time, was like, You're going to be an author? Like that was super motivating because he was like, Thought that was the coolest thing. You know, he's kind of a book kid. And and then I got Steve, who ended up being the co author on it. involved. I'd been working with him for years and he was really excited about the idea. So I guess to the to the heart of your question, I, I had two tracks I had to learn at the same time. One was how do I get a sixty seventy thousand 70,000 word book written? I'd written hundreds of blog <clears throat> posts, but like that's still a kind of a different animal. And then how do I get the book to market? And so I narrowed it down to Greenleaf, which is kind of a hybrid self-publisher and Wiley. And like, so I, I did what um, I guess anyone would do, especially if you're, uh, again, kind of a podcast listener or podcast host or podcast guest type person where you're kind of, you know, obviously leaning into your network and leaning into your relationships. I reread books written by people I knew. And then I reached out and said, hey, would you have a meeting with me about your book? And so, um, and so I, and I talked with him kind of about both of those tracks and I talked with people who exclusively self-published. I talked with a guy who has done three books. One was self-published, two were with uh, uh, traditional publishers um, and and you just start to get the lay of the land. I, I got introduced to a couple of people who were in the publishing business, got some insights there and that that begged the question of is this an Ethan project or a bomb bomb project? So I had to figure that out, built a business model around it. Um, you know, one big line for anyone that's interested in in writing or publishing a book. One big line is: Can you deal with upfront costs with a bigger backside, or do you want no upfront costs and uh, and just less of the take? We ended up doing the no upfront costs and less of the take by going with Wiley. It cost us nothing to get this book into Barnes and Noble and into Amazon and brought to life as a hardcover and all of that, uh, but we get a much smaller cut on the royalty. Uh, than if we went with self-publishing, obviously, or even with some of these hybrid models that kind of meet you in the middle, um, where you can take, you know, double or triple our, uh, our royalty. But frankly, I didn't write this book to, to make money, and I, we haven't really. <laughs> right. uh, I personally have not at all. And, uh, and so, you know, I want to dash that misconception. Another big misconception is that, you know, if you go with a publisher, they're going to sell the book for you. It's like false, no matter how you, no matter how you bring your book to market, you have to sell the book. Period. And so, the marketing plan is one of the most important things about a uh, uh, a proposal. If you're pitching mm-hmm. publishers or some of these kind of hybrid houses, they want to know what you're planning and who it's for, and make sure you have your act together. And so, uh, if anyone has any questions about it, I welcome it. I also wrote a blog post about it at um, at ethanbute.com. It's also linked up on my uh, LinkedIn profile as well. Some of the things that I picked up along the way, but those are some that are top of mind.
0: I love that. I I wanted to dive into that just a little bit. So thank you for going into detail on that because this episode is obviously not just about using video um, in your business development efforts or in your personal branding efforts or whatever it might be. There's a lot of people that will be listening to this show that are looking for ways to really stand out in front of their audience and to really set themselves apart as a thought leader in a space. Um, And, you know, you can never proclaim that you're a thought leader, right? Other people make you a thought leader and then you're a thought
2: leader. You can claim it, but then we know that
0: you're not. (laughs) Then you're not, right? Um, But... You know, look, if writing is something you love doing, maybe you should be considering writing a book. Maybe that is the conduit to setting you apart uh, from your competition when your customers are looking to potentially engage with you and your company's products and services. Um, It's really going to show that you know what you're doing that you're passionate about what you're selling and solving for um, and that you are somebody that they should trust when you speak about that subject. And so there might be people listening that are considering this because, you know, one thing that I deal with every single day with my with my business. Video has always been an important component in our process, in our solution. Um, Because video is an incredibly powerful business development tool for many of the things, for all the reasons that you've already said, and even more reasons than you've said, right? Uh, Video is an incredibly powerful business development tool and relationship building tool. Whether or not we can be face to face, complementing it with more intentional video messages is so, so beneficial to your business development practice. But not everybody's comfortable on camera. And so I always tell people, what are you comfortable with? Are you, are you better writing? Are you more comfortable writing? Fine, start a podcast. Or, I'm sorry, start a blog, right? Write a book. Uh, are you Are you comfortable maybe just recording content but not being on camera? Fine, just start a podcast then. Just record the audio portions of it. Are you better at speaking than being seen? Fine, do that. Um, just find whatever you're strongest at, but producing content is a great way to set yourself apart from the field. Going back to uh, video a little bit here, though, and maybe some of the other things that have happened, Um, What I think is absolutely uh, incredible about what you just said there is you're preaching exactly what I tell people all the time, have more of a growth mindset, be willing to learn new things, try new things. Um, It was amazing to me how quickly the conversation, at least in my business, went from that sounds challenging, that's different than we've done it before. I don't know if we have time to learn a new skill set. Two, we absolutely need what you were talking about four months ago. I don't know why we didn't move forward then. We can't live without it anymore. And like I said earlier... It was almost like some of these companies were coming at it a little late. They were scrambling because their competitors were winning deals against them because their competitors were using solutions that were more intentional in a digital space, right? Um, Whether it was a video or whatever it might be. Um, But how do you, I mean, what has that transition been like with your company, with just educating people about like how this has to be something that you embrace and move forward with? Like, what was that like pre-COVID? What's that like now? Where's that going?
2: Yeah, I think you identified uh, one of the most interesting dynamics uh, relative to the pandemic, which is um, just the urgency around it. And and the interesting thing is, of course, you know, today is better than tomorrow in terms of getting started with any of this stuff. And and again, whether whether it's adopting video messaging and finding the right use cases for it, and again, getting comfortable with your equipment and your setting and your camera, and Getting comfortable with what you look and sound like, which is one of the biggest biggest barriers for a lot of people, and it's funny because we already know what you look like, or you wish that we did, um, and you're not in your own head. Like if you and I were sitting at that table that 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 I can see on my screen here right now, if we were sitting at that table having a, like a formal business meeting and we never met each other before, but we're sitting down there, I wouldn't be in my own head every moment of that conversation. I might walking away be like, "Gosh, why didn't I ask that follow up question?" Or "Gosh, I I hope you didn't misunderstand what." What I meant there, like sometimes we dwell on a couple of these moments, but we're not scrutinizing and like living in our own heads. And so the only way out of that is practice. And my offer here is because you offer growth mindset, anything that you want to be better at um, is, is typically going to be an iterative process. And it is going to require practice. And so, you know, one of, the, one of the offerings that I give people in this zone is like, you know, you don't watch a Warren Miller film and then all of a sudden shoot down a quadruple black diamond the first time you're out on skis, right? Or you don't pick up a book and kind of browse it and all of a sudden know how to speak Mandarin. Or, I don't know,
0: man. I just watched The Last Dance the other day and I got out. You should see me slamming dunks. It was... Can you even say it that way? I think I just gave it away that I don't know how to do this right there. Slam and dunce. I sound like my son right now. Yeah.
2: So funny. Yeah. but So so it's this deal where like you have to start. You have to start. And obviously if you started yesterday, you'd be a day better. Uh, If you start Mm -hmm. tomorrow, you're a week ahead of whoever starts next week. And so the interesting thing about video in particular is that we are still in this window right now where either ignorance or the initial discomfort uh, has The vast, vast majority of people on the sidelines, I think particularly uh, specific to video messages, kind of the main thing that we focus on, we're like in a traditional adoption curve. We are still in the early adopter phases. In the world, I think there are probably fewer than 200,000 people doing it with any level of consistency. And when you think about just the number of salespeople in the United States, much less the world, um, that's a tiny, 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 tiny minority. But this is good for any leader or manager. Like sales reach. it's good for account management, customer success, for all the same reasons you advise using video in these various ways, video messages apply the same way. Um, But it's just at different moments and for slightly different purposes. And so you have this opportunity right now to start getting going, to suck a little bit, to get a little bit more comfortable, to be a little bit better your third time than your first time, to be better on your 10th time than your fifth time. And so as this continues to become more mainstream, because I don't think we're going back, I'm having on, my, on the customer experience podcast, I'm having conversations with people that are talking about transitions in their businesses or industries, or in the businesses and industries they serve. And the most consistent theme is, yes, some of these will subside, and kind of fade off. They were stopgap solutions, but this is here to stay. Telehealth is not going away. I am not going into my doctor's office if I don't have to, right? Ever. And so, Mm -hmm. and that's just one of countless things, right? Like things delivered to your door, et cetera, et cetera. Like we're all, video is the same thing in all of its uh, various ways of, of being used. And so, The sooner you get going, the better off you are. And the act of using video alone right now is highly, highly differentiating. Again, I just offered my made-up number of uh, video messaging people. It could actually be lower than that. I don't think it's much higher if it is higher. And so you can immediately stand out simply through the behavior alone. And you're going to get better and better and better as you go. And you'll be out of your own head before you know it. And you'll start really dialing in the same way, uh, Josh, when we talked about your own video journey, um, just how can I make this look better? How can I make this sound better? How can I make this look better? How can I make this sound better? How can I make this more entertaining to watch? How can we get better at editing? Like all of that stuff. And and by the way, in video messaging, I'm not advocating that you even worry about that stuff, although you can. We have a number of people that are super dialed in on their equipment and all that stuff. I'm talking like lowest barrier stuff. Get comfortable talking to people instead of typing stuff out all the time. And ultimately, when this does become much more normalized, I think Dan Tire said, 2017 is the year of video email, and then it didn't happen. And then he was like, 2018 is the year of video email, and that didn't happen. So he stopped predicting it. So I'm not going to predict it either because he's more dialed into the sales community than I am. But (laughs) you know, whether it's five years or 10 years, when this is much more normalized, ultimately the act will be less differentiating, but you are your own best differentiator. Trust, rapport, relationship, confidence, comedy, uh, analysis, empathy, gratitude, sincerity, whatever your combination of unique selling points are, especially in a human to human context, um, are, are going to be your differentiator and video delivers it better than anything else you're doing except face to face.
0: All right. Uh, Jared, mark that down. Uh, you are the best differentiator. That's the hot take right there. It's so true. It's so true. Um, I, just, I just read a post just this morning on LinkedIn from somebody that was talking about the, uh, their, what they believe is the number one skill that they want to see in any sales professional that they hire at an organization or anyone that's in a customer-facing role, really. Um, and that is enthusiasm. They wanna see somebody that has enthusiasm for what they are doing. And I thought, that's great, right? You could read into that a whole bunch of different ways, but I 100% agree with, with that individual's comment And I've said this before, when I've been most successful in my career, it's because I've been representing something that I truly believe in, that I think is actually making a difference, something that I'm actually passionate about. That is something that prospects and customers see. They can see if you actually enjoy what you're doing, if you actually believe in what you're telling them is going to help them to achieve their their goals. And, uh, And they can see very clearly when you don't believe in that. And... If you're relying on just written communication back and forth, everybody knows it's so easy for that to be misconstrued in the wrong way. And so video, it's its pretty easy to understand where someone's coming from. Along those lines though, because sometimes it's hard because some people need a little bit of coaching on how to deliver their message on camera. I've got a couple of my favorite tips and tricks. I want to hear some of yours. So one of of my favorite tips uh, is to always remind people to stare at the camera lens, um, which seems like a no-brainer, but it's so comical to me. Um, And people, please, not just when you're making one-to-one videos like Ethan and I are talking about, but when you're doing an interview like, like Ethan and I are doing right now, if I were to stare him in the eye on this video, I would be looking away from him the way he sees it. You need, and you have to fight this urge. It's really hard, but look for the little green glowing dot on the top of your computer monitor or whatever camera you're looking at. Make sure you're staring at that because um, people want to see your eyes. It's just like when you're having a conversation with somebody in person. If you don't look someone in the eyes while you're talking to them, there's a little bit of mistrust there because they feel like you're not telling the whole truth when you're answering questions. The other tip that I uh, recently discovered And I love this one is make sure that when your camera's set up, that you can see your hands in the frame because we're very expressive people. We talk with our hands a lot. And if I put my hands down, if anyone's watching the video instead of listening just to the podcast, if I put my hands down right now, you can't see that I'm being very expressive. You can maybe see some expression in my face, but that's not as much as you would get if we were talking face-to-face. I'm doing this. I'm doing this all the time. And this helps make it feel even more human. What are some of the other tactical tips, just the simple, fun tips that you give to people when they start utilizing video in their, in their efforts.
2: Yeah, I like both of yours very, very much. And I want to just touch on both of them for, for one reason. Yeah. You know, we're talking about this in the, conversa- in, the, in the context of video, but ultimately this is just basic human instinct and in survival. We're talking about ancient lizard brain type stuff. We're talking about survival. The reason that we trust people when they use their hands, it doesn't just help us elaborate on things and say, I've got three things I want to teach you. It does all those things as well. But the idea that you can see my open hands, Allows you to know in your ancient lizard brain that I'm not approaching you with a rock or a stick or a bone or you know let's move into the the Bronze Age or I don't know my history as well that maybe I should <laughs> but like some other kind of advanced weapon right it that's what that's about that's the tr- that is the trust component that is the survival mechanism same thing with eye contact and trust and I love what you offered there about um about enthusiasm and it's like if you are sincere about your message, there's nothing better than you can do than get on camera because that is going to come through naturally. You don't need to overplay it. You don't need to perform it or any of that stuff. And so um, I guess to go to basic tips, uh, what I like to share is do not use a script, right? I, 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 I tell people to think of it more like a voicemail. You know who you called, you know why you called, you know what you want to say, and you know what the call to action is, right? Do you want to call back? Do you want someone to click through and fill out the survey? Do you want someone to set an appointment? Like, do you want someone to uh, give you uh, uh, the, the two reasons that, that this should advance or not? Whatever the, whatever the call to action is. And so if you find yourself in a situation where your video is a little bit too complicated to do that and you're like, you you get done recording, you're like, oh, I forgot this one thing. Well, first of all, your imperfection is your perfection. So don't worry about the idea that you um, awed, restated yourself, mentioned three things and then realized that uh, they were out of order or you wanted to mention four things but you skipped the second one altogether. You can use text around your video, whether it's in a blog post, whether it's in a YouTube channel, whether it's in an email or a LinkedIn message or whatever, you can fill that gap in. But if you choose to redo it, something that I always like to encourage people to do is just create, you don't write a script, you just create a little outline, right? When I was doing, I used to do all the videos for BombBomb because I was the only marketing guy for a few years. And I was doing like six and seven minute videos, one take. And what I would do is I would write down an outline. And what I was doing at the time, because I was recording the videos myself, so I would tape them under the camera lens. And and so I would be able to like look off on it. I like that. But what I like better in this personal video context is, hey, Josh, I've got four things that I'm going to share with you, and first up, and then and you can and then you can put it down. But by showing or saying like, "Hey, I've got four things here on my screen that I want to run through for you really quickly to answer that question that you asked me," by having it on your screen and referring to it or showing it, you're giving yourself permission to look away. I think one of the biggest problems with video is that a lot of people are trained on it in this kind of like perfectionist mindset. A your your standard is way too high for yourself from the get go. Your expectation of yourself is so much. Uh, more unreasonable than anyone else's. You judge yourself far more harshly than anyone else is going to. And, and we're all, I don't care how old you are. You're pretty much trained on television. You might say, I don't have, you know, I don't have, cable it's like cool nobody does anymore but you still watch a lot of television and so you're used to these these productions and so you have this kind of unreasonable expectation for yourself and we tend to act as if and i think this is actually going on in in broader business culture as well historically we had to act as if there was kind of the professional you and the personal you and the professional you put on this this outfit this armor this suit That wasn't really who you are at your core, but it's, but you're acting as if, because I'm in this role and this role is part me, but it's part not me. And so one of the things I love about this movement toward casual, conversational, honest, authentic video messages, it allows us to be ourselves. It's one of the reasons I love work from home. It's that people like are more themselves. And I think that's what people really connect with. You know, we both spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and the posts that generate the most engagement, not mine, because I don't do a lot of these, um, Maybe I should because I'm advocating for it right now. The ones, if I see that someone has 185 likes and 95 comments and they're not one of like kind of the hoozy who's on LinkedIn, I guarantee they're telling a personal story about their daughter or their cat or um, the, the hole in the inner tube as they were floating down the river last weekend. Like, you know, it's just personal stuff. And so I think the more we can strip that stuff away, stop mm-hmm. acting as if, and say, hey, I wrote things down right here, and I'm going to kind of walk through them really quickly because it's going to help you understand them better by me talking them through rather than just typing it all up. Or I have this on my screen, right? Like this honesty is is lowers the bar. You can use some crutches. You don't have to memorize it all, and you don't have to act as if. And so um, – that's kind of a long tip.
0: No, I like it. I like it. And it goes back to something. Turn on same. all the
2: lights. More lights is better than less. There's a, there's a <laughs> technical one.
0: There you go. Technical. Don't, don't, uh, don't have the light behind you. Stare into the light, right? Like mm-hmm. I always tell people, this is the one time you want to walk towards the light when you're uh, recording videos. Um, yes. But you know, the other thing that I, I say a lot is we, and you, you said this, we cannot edit our real life interactions with people. I can't change the way I look overnight, I mean I could go to the health club and I could change the way I look a little bit, but I mean you know I'm I'm comfortable with who I am enough, right? I can meet people face to face and feel comfortable, why can't I make a video and feel comfortable? And I think that that's the other thing that a lot of people um, really struggle with is when we're growing up we have this idea of what a business professional looks like and acts like and talks like, right? You don't have to talk that way. You don't have to dress that way. You don't have to look that way to be a business (laughs) professional. You just have to be good at what you do. You just have to be yourself, right? Just do something that you're good at and people will follow you. That's just the way it works. And so, you know, you don't have to worry about editing out the stuff. And you're totally right. Those ums and ahs, those stutters, those things happen in a real conversation. That's what makes people realize that you're a real human being. Um, Leaving those in your videos is only going to help you. That is going to be to your advantage, 100%. So let's talk about this real quick, because this is the Buyer Enablement Podcast. We've been talking a lot about tips and tricks to help customer-facing individuals be more effective. But we need to talk about the other side of this equation. We need to talk about the customers that are receiving this uh, these messages or this information from sales professionals. Um, what That's my favorite part of this job, is when my customers share me the messages that they get back from their customers, right? And they're like, oh, you, you were right, here it is. They're, they're telling me this is the greatest thing they've ever seen, blah, 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 thank you so much, I just won the deal, like that... I love that part, but what are do you have like a favorite story that that one of your customers has come back to you and just been like this This just happened because of what I did with you.
2: It happens all the time. I don't have a specific story. I well, okay. I just I, I did a webinar last I think Wednesday uh, for this gentleman and his team of like fifty sales reps. I saw this on LinkedIn. I know exactly where you're going here. This was a well, glowing endorsement. Well, I, it may be. Again, it happens all the time. So I don't know if it's that one or not. But this guy, you know, he this is a gentleman who's been a customer of ours for probably five or six years. He sent, I think, 11 or 1,200 videos through his BombBomb account. So he's very comfortable with it. But Steve, he got Steve and I to do it because, again, long-time customer. Love this dude. And he's you know, refers us business. And so, like, heck, yeah, we'll both come on a webinar for you and just kind of hang out and do, you know, half – Presentation half just live Q and A and you know just much more casual and, and conversational which was really fun and it you know gets them fired back up again this is the other thing too is like you can start down some of these roads but if you don't find ways to make it a habit have you really adopted and the answer is kind of no so we can talk about that maybe if there's time but. So this is a guy who had already sent 1,100 videos, but some of the tips that we shared with him got him fired back up again, and he found out that one of his sales reps uh, had to do uh, something very difficult, had to put her dog down to sleep. Because very ill health and it was just the right decision in the right time. But that doesn't make it any easier. And so uh, I think most uh, pet owners and lovers would agree that they are members of the family. And it's very, very difficult to do that. And so he just sent her a little 25, 30-second video Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm thinking about you today. I was really, really sorry to hear that it was time for, I don't remember the dog's name. So I'm not going to make it up because it's just a little bit too serious to make up a silly name in the middle of the story. Um, uh, I, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm thinking about you and your family. And if there's ever anything I can do, of course, you got my cell phone number. I'm always here for you. I appreciate you so much. You're such a valuable member of the team. And, uh, you know, if you need some time, I totally understand. Best to you. Take care. Yeah, that's reply great. comes back oh my gosh, you absolutely made my day, I love you, I love working for you, thank you so much for reaching out. And so it's this kind of like turn the day around thing, and, that, and that's a tough one, right? But this is a guy who actually cares about his team members. This is a guy who actually cares about, you know. so let's flip it to a salesperson and, and to a customer and take it out of the context of a, of a condolence type message and like, I actually care. And I'm just going to kind of in a casual way as if you were right here in front of me or as if I had your voicemail on, I'm just gonna to express to you what I'm thinking and feeling right now and how I might be of service or value or just let you know I'm thinking about you or let you know that I appreciate you or I let, let you know that I, I wanna congratulate you on your new job. Like If you scroll LinkedIn, you've got a 100 reasons to reach out to people in your network. If you're looking for timely and relevant reasons to reach out to people, You've got it in front of you all day, every day. Uh, Even if it's just a happy birthday habit. We have a client that lives up your way who she and her husband uh, send birthday videos to all of their past clients. And sometimes, and they do it their own unique way. She plays the ukulele, they sing. She, you know, puts a picture of balloons up in it. And the replies she gets back come with all caps. They come with exclamation points. They come with smiley faces. And what these people are trying to do is give back the same kind of energy and emotion, the word you used, enthusiasm, they're trying to, in their limited, sorry little keyboard way, give back to you that same enthusiasm that you're expressing through the video. People want to be reciprocal, people want to connect, people want to be in relationship, and so uh, you can see in the replies and responses that you get that it is a different and better way to work, and that people will try to give it back to you. And, and when they do, A, you'll feel validated like, okay, I did the right thing here. But B, you'll start to see the limitations that you live in when you restrict yourself to text alone. And so um, that's just all to say, uh, again, I encourage people to start. And if you start with people you know and who know you, you're going to get some of these types of replies and responses that that let you know that it's a different and better way to connect and communicate with people. And last thing here. I, I just got this this morning, I loved your video. So new team member at BombBomb, we make them, this is a really, this is a tough way to start your video journey. We make them send an introductory video to the entire company, to our, to our group uh, email address, distribution list, to introduce themselves, you know, why they came, what they're excited about, whatever, just whatever you wanna share, something unique about yourself. And so I always send a video back to those people so they feel welcome, especially now that we're onboarding people who are all remote. and. Um, Got the reply back. I loved your video. Thank you so much. 52-second video. Gave her some positive feedback on and some connection on something that she offered and, uh, and made myself available if she had any questions as kind of a long time team member. Has, no one replies to your typed out email and says, oh my gosh, I loved your email. And yet I get it weekly or daily. And I hear it from our customers all the time too. There's just something different here. And people are excited to see you, even if you kind of cringe when you look at yourself.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. And uh, right now, people are just so starving for more human interaction, right? And more personal experiences with people. And so right now is a really good time to get started. Like you're saying, you got to get started at some point. Right now is a really good time to get started with this. Um, it's not going to change moving forward. Um, it's only going to make you more effective moving forward. One of the other things I wanted to quickly speak with you about, one of the similarities me and you have, that I don't know if you've thought about in any way. This is where we are both true evangelists of our company and of what we do and where we're truly passionate about what we do is we use our product as much as we possibly can. I can't tell you how many videos you've sent me. Uh, most of the time when I interact with you, I'm sending you a sales reach page. That's just the way it works. Um, but along the lines of what we were talk- you were just talking about, I had a great uh, story just the other day I was personally going after a a huge opportunity for my organization. It's been uh, getting, my product's been getting vetted out by a very large uh, organization for the last 60 days. And uh, I've been dealing specifically with the heads of sales and marketing at that organization during this conversation. Well, I don't know, about three weeks ago, uh, I get a web lead come through and I get a demo request and I get on the call. And I asked the typical first question. The person was in Texas. And I said, how, you know, I'm in Minnesota. How'd you even hear about us? And he says, well, um, our, our company is a venture backed company. So we were having our board meeting just the other day. We were talking about the challenges that we're having in our business development efforts. And one of our board members said that we should reach out to you. And I said, who's your board member? And it was the president of this large company that I've been dealing with. I've never had a conversation with this man. I didn't know who, like, he said the name, and I said, well, what company is he with? And they tell me, and I said, okay, I better look him up on LinkedIn. Find out he's the president. um, Immediately created a personal video for him on my platform, created a quick page. It was just very nice. Thank you for, like, just mentioning me. You didn't have to do that. We've never met. You haven't even seen value out of my product yet. You're just piloting it right now. You know, you're just getting things set up. And he wrote back immediately and just said, uh, this just further proves why we need a product like yours in our organization. Look at how flexible this is. And I landed that deal uh, just a couple weeks later, right? I mean, it just, all, a lot of professionals in a in a customer-facing role always talk about trying to get to the person at the top. How do we effectively get to the person at the top? When's the best time to involve the person at the top? Do we start with the person at the top and let them do a warm intro to somebody that works uh, a couple levels below them to review your product. Um, for me, uh, that was the perfect time to involve that person. Right, the person at the top, the team is already uh, falling in love with the product and service. They're already having good experiences with it. Now their leader is coming down and saying, "This is really cool." Right, noticing it on his own and probably going back to the team and saying, "Hey, look what Josh just did as well." Right. Um, so I got to experience that that myself. Usually, I hear those company those stories through my customers, but it was really fun to. experience it in that way for myself as well. There's just so many ways, right? There's so many ways to make a better human connection. This is someone that I may never meet face to face, but um, I can guarantee I'm going to have a a meaningful conversation with him at some point in my life now, right? We've, we've started out on a great path. Um, Those are the sorts of things that you can do uh, utilizing whatever you're doing, whether it's writing a book, podcasting, blogging, Right, setting yourself apart, um, becoming a thought leader, becoming somebody that's helpful, that's helping other people. Um, People will gravitate towards you when you do those things. Utilizing video in your sales efforts, it's a no-brainer. Everybody should be utilizing video in their sales efforts. A lot of people listening right now are going, well, I already do, because I'm on video chats all day. Well, that just proves how easy making video is. If you can figure out how to use a video communication platform, which is pretty simple, and if you can figure out how to use that, you can figure out how to make a personal video for somebody. It doesn't require $8,000 in expensive computer equipment and lighting and microphones and all that stuff. You have a cell phone, it has a record button on it and it has a video camera. That's really all you need right there. And that's going to be a very humanizing experience for your, for whoever you're sending it to. Um, so start doing that. Absolutely. Ethan, we got to cut this one off, buddy. This one's getting long. So, I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to throw in here?
2: Uh, I love that you're using your own product. I think it, to the degree anyone can, they should. I love the importance of creating a great experience for your buyers so that the president of the company who you've had no interaction with knows about it. It means someone was in a meeting and electively brought you up. The care you take with everyone you interact with in an account, true appreciation, respect, mapped value, the better that experience that can be, the more you think about how you're making them feel and making them feel awesome and confident and glad to be in conversation and relationship with you, the more likely you are to get positive word of mouth. And that word of mouth turned into word of mouth that turned into a customer for you. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, the, the video barrier is lower than you think. And I welcome anyone's questions on anything that we covered here. I welcome direct communication. Uh, of course, on LinkedIn, Ethan Butte, B-E-U-T-E. You can email me, ethan at bombomb.com. And uh, I, I obviously love what I do like you do. You are evangelizing. most people are if if your company is innovating then you are evangelizing you just might not be doing it in a conscious coordinated fashion you don't need someone with the title but if you are solving a problem in a new way or you're solving a problem that didn't have a solution before or you're doing buyer enablement while everyone's talking about sales enablement then you need to be devoted to the problem not just the product that you represent and so be happy to talk to anyone about that too
0: yeah no that's great ethan thank you for being on anyone listening, check out the book. It's a good one. It's a good one. I, I have an autographed copy. Look at this. Look at that. Personalized. I love it. Thank you for doing that. Um, but regardless, thank you so much for being on. And uh, we will very likely be calling upon you for uh, some some future episodes as well. Um, so uh, thank you for everything that you do. Um, you provide a ton of helpful information. Anyone listening should absolutely, at a minimum, be following you on LinkedIn because there's always a lot of really great content on there, all the episodes that you put together, the posts that you put together. There's always a lot of learnings there. And that's, that's what people need right now is ways to learn how to move forward um, in uncertain times. But, you know, look, you're, you, you were giving value before uncertain times. You're going to continue to give value after uncertain times. There's value there. So start following Ethan. Thanks so much for being on, buddy.
2: Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. And I uh, hope folks uh, reach out.
0: Jared, one of the things that we discussed on that podcast with Ethan that I'm having so many conversations with other people on are the things that we're discovering right now in this pandemic that aren't going to go away after the pandemic. Yeah, oops, cat's out of the bag. (laughs) And I think it's pretty clear video is kind of here to stay. Yeah, for Um, sure. In both forms, likely. I think there's going to be a lot of synchronous and asynchronous usage of video moving forward. I I tell a lot of people kind of in jest, if you thought it was hard to get a face-to-face meeting with someone before COVID hit, imagine how hard it's going to be to get someone to agree to, set aside an hour of their day to drive across town and meet with you when they now know we could have achieved great things over a Zoom call. (laughs) Yeah, or
1: just like, like, meetings have been the enemy of a lot of people in business for a long time. Like, Mm -hmm. another meeting, like, and we got really good at setting agendas and like making sure that everybody comes to the meeting like ready to go. Yeah. I think at Amazon, they do, Um, this is just the rumor, Jeff Bezos, he has meetings where they sit in silence and read the full memo before they go into the meeting. No,
0: this was a scene in Silicon Valley. This is, (laughs) uh, yeah, right. Um,
1: but why, 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 when you have video and yeah. we have all of these tools to sort of organize an experience, yep. why set the meeting when you can deliver all the value of the meeting up front so that somebody can watch, be, participate in that meeting on demand, yeah. you know, we have video, we have chat, yep. we have uh, these bundles, these ways to organize content, I mean, sales reach is a great great way to work in sales reach here, the way sure. you can sort of bundle an experience yep. uh, into into the product, I, I don't know. I like.
0: It's for the better, honestly. It's, I mean, it's, it's right such out of. You can't
1: meet all the time, but like, yeah. I think we're a lot more productive when we're not in meetings all the time.
0: Absolutely, it reminds me of a line out of one of my favorite movies, Rounders, where uh, where where the the character what, who are the two characters we got we got Matt Damon. Matt Damon's the good guy. Yeah. Right. Who's his friend? Who's his friend from Vince the other Vaughn. side of the tracks? Not Vince Vaughn. It was uh, Edward, Norton. Norton. Edward Norton. Edward. Edward Norton is his friend from the other side of the tracks, <laughs> and. Uh, and he, he had just gotten out of prison, okay? Yeah. And and but he was in prison for gambling. He's he's a gambler, okay? That's the whole point of rounders. They're poker players. <laughs> and uh, he looks at he looks at uh, Matt Damon and he says, you know, I I feel like I've set the table, I'm sitting down, uh, I got my knife, I got my fork, right? I got all the fixings, but I don't have the steak, right? Uh, <laughs> it it makes me think of that line, right? Because you know, you tell me this all the time when we're Producing content like this, hey, give me a little bit of insight as to where we're going to go with this. What are we going to talk about? Well, where are we going? Don't you think that your customers feel the same way when you're going to have a meeting with them? Like, yeah. if we can if we can equip them to walk into a room with confidence knowing exactly what this is all about, for years people have said, never have a meeting without an agenda. Well, I think that right now we're taking it to another level. It's easier to give people more than just an agenda. We can actually give them valuable insights and information that they can digest before you go there. Yeah. And you can have a 15 minute meeting, have the effectiveness of an hour meeting. So I loved that part. The other part I really loved about this one and and what we're going to name this episode after is, you know, you are the differentiator. Mm -hmm. And I guess it raises the question, how do you become the differentiator that wins those deals?
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, when we're talking about, I mean, we just saw it earlier today, like an, an algorithm powered, uh, guided selling experience like whoa <laughs> right, right. that sounds intense like people people think that because we're all digital now that and we're all on this like equal playing field in terms of what tools you can use um that everything kind of looks the same right but the fact is you can bring yourself out more like there are certain things you have to do that, that have to be on brand for sure for you and your company but with things like video what ethan's really good at um, and, and walked us through was how to bring yourself more into the sales process because, I mean, it's it's still it's still a deal between a seller and a buyer, right? Like that's still a human relationship, and um, yeah, you have to stand out throughout the, the entire uh, situation. Yeah, <laughs> I just cut that. I don't
0: know. Well, well, no, we're gonna keep it because you know where I don't want to do the editing work <laughs> for it, but. You know, it's always fun having guests like Ethan on because clearly um, he's a big fan of using video in a sales process. We are obviously huge fans of using video in the sales process. We're a big, we're big fans at of sales, are using video in all ways, right? We love producing content like this. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we educate and inform and entertain. We're trying to be a little entertaining. I don't know. Hopefully we're well, doing it. We keep it. the bloopers in. Yeah. So regardless, <laughs> thanks everybody for chiming or tuning in for this uh, second episode. We can't wait to release more of these. Uh, what's the big CTA at the end of this one, Jared? What do we want the people to do here? <laughs> I love priming up a CTA with the with the word CTA. That's how sales so sets marketing up for market. success right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, the
1: newsletter. We have a newsletter. It's called The Enabler and uh, aptly named. Yeah. Uh, it was Josh's idea, 100%. <laughs> uh, it's called The Enabler. And what we're doing is we're going to bundle up the best in VDB content. If you're a sales rep or a customer success rep, we're going to scour, scrape the internet for the best stuff, and we're going to put it into account. Category, and we're going to bundle that all up for you and introduce uh, everything with a video. So it's going to be an interactive newsletter experience, newsletter 2.0, um, that only goes out when it's ready. Um, it's aged, barrel-aged, we'll say, um, until it's ready to go. That's the enabler. You can subscribe
0: at, at info.salesreach.io slash the enabler. Wow. And if you can't remember that link. Join the crowd, but regardless, we, we'll put a link in uh, where, wherever this video lives, we'll put a link in the comments for you. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, don't forget to check out this uh, Rehumanize Your Business by Ethan Butte. Uh, signing out from SalesReach, I'm Josh Feedy. I'm Jared Greenison. Have a nice day. Go sell something.